Yeah. So I got my boat tie on, yeah I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah Wow, wow I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah I could be suitin' up So I got my bow tie on, yeah Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow I could be suitin' up so I got my bow tie on, yeah. I could be chillin' now. So I got my dad hat on, yeah. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow ties. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bow Ties. Super special episode. It is the election episode, and it's the Kid XAB. It's your man, Distinguished to God. It's your boy D Float. All right, fellas, do you have any all man moments for today? Yes, the fuck I do. <laughs> so first and foremost, shout out to um, shout out to all of our listeners last week who uh, who 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 called me out. Um, yes, called me out in the inbox, my text messages, and I feel like a few Facebook messages, and was like, "Yo, my nigga, what the fuck happened with you last week?" You, 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 it's, it's like you wasn't in the, in the motherfucking episode. I was like, nigga, I had a long day. Okay. I had a long day. You know what I mean? It wasn't my feelings about work. I was tired. I was sweating. I'm sorry. So again, I want to apologize to the listeners, um, for not giving you a regular degular distinguished, but motherfucker, you're going to get that shit today. Okay. <laughs> so sit tight, relax. His dad has some bow ties. Okay. I tried to tell you, nigga. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get that nigga today. Okay. So the all man moment. Brought to you by, I don't know who the fuck this young girl is on Facebook, but gotta like the ass up real quick. Cha-cha, cha-cha-cha. So, um, went out to Atlanta. Um, not gonna give any particulars, not gonna say no names. What the fuck I will say is that niggas just gotta mind their motherfucking business. And people, if you're fucking with people that you're talking to, whether it's, you know, Atlanta, Chicago, Denver, Illinois, you gotta be wary about what the fuck you tell your friends. Because I'm the wrong one that you should be talking to and your friend puts some shit on my page and you're not going to expect me to clap back. We going to clap back, ho. It sounds we gonna like clap it's going back. left already. Mm, you know, we. I don't want to <laughs> say too... <laughs> I don't want to say too much. But I don't have a Birkin. But goddamn, I wish I had a Birkin so I could put my motherfucking hand in the bag and pull out 500 middle fingers. Leave me alone. I'm not in your vagina, ma. I'm not in your shit. Why are you concerned about what the fuck I post and how the fuck I post it? I know you're trying to look up for your friend, and that's cool, that's sweet, that's fine, that's Danny. Go build a fucking house with Bob the Builder and Diego or Dora the Explorer, okay? Mind your business when it comes to my motherfucking page, please. I'm the wrong guy. I'm the wrong one. I don't give a fuck how wild you are. Bitch, Nick Cannon got canceled from wilding out his own damn show. I'm wild, okay? We're wild. This is the craziest podcast on the face, stomach, and torso of the goddamn planet. And tingling in somebody's anus. This is dad has some bow ties. Don't come for me unless I send for you. I didn't send for you. I don't know why when I post some shit, you just thought it was a bright idea. Let me go comment under this nigga. I don't know this nigga, but I'm going to say some spicy shit. Because I'm going to say some spicy shit back. And it's going to be muy caliente todos los días, mommy. Don't you ever forget. Okay? And that's my all-man moment. Just mind your business. 
Just mind your business. I have questions, but I'm not going to ask them. <laughs> but I have I have questions. <laughs> Flo, do you have any questions? <laughs> many, many. Um, <laughs> you know what? I, I, you got an old man, bro. Just, just go into the old man. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't know where this is going, and I don't want to find out on the podcast. That's, rather, what, that's what I'm realizing. That's, that's what I have to think about just now. I, like, yeah, I don't want to find really out on the podcast. Answer to this on the podcast. Would I choose? Yeah. Now, um, do I have an old mm. man moment? Yes, I do, and it's a very general one. The weather, man. Fuck the weather, man. Listen, <laughs> I don't know what's happening up in up in the atmosphere. I don't know what God is planning for us, niggas. All I know is that the weather came in and said, "Oh, y'all niggas thought it was sweet," and y'all, y'all finna thought, think it's gonna be warm all October. Facts, the niggas Fuck just like thought. Y'all niggas thought it's a game out here. It was sixty-one degrees one day, and the next day thirty-six degrees. Listen. I don't know what's going on, son. All I know is I'm not I don't want no parts. I don't want no parts <laughs> of what's happening. I just want things to be quite consistent. If it's gonna be in the fifties, let it be in the fifties. Niggas don't got time for thirty degree jumps. That's all I'm saying. It's brick now. That's it. Like it's there's brick. no yeah, yeah. There's yeah, it so no cold, going back. Nigga. It Yo, was hoodie it says season 40. a week and a half ago, bro. Bro, it I said had to 40, pull out the coat coat. It said 43 degrees, and it was not that was not no 43 degrees nah. I've ever felt in my life, what, bro. My nigga, if that, that was, was 20 degrees, degrees. My nigga, <laughs> that's the type of 40, bro. I don't know who's lying to these people, bro. What type of what type of <laughs> who's the meteorologist over there? He needs to get smack protect. Nigga, you lying to everybody. Highest 43 degrees, and yet I'm outside with a hoodie and a jacket, and, and my I need balls gloves. are still freezing, bro. Why do I need gloves in 40 degree weather? For what? For what? What were we doing? Nah. Bro, it was Um, snowing. It was partly snowing today. It was was flurries (laughs) in the sky. Big facts. I don't know. Big facts. Literally two weeks ago, it was about 70 degrees. We we just need everybody to know that. It was hot. I was wearing no jackets, not even a hoodie. I might have had a t shirt on, bro. Chilling. You were showing, were you showing your kneecaps, D Flow? You were showing your thunder thighs? You're showing your thunder thighs right now, but we're going to talk about that later. This nigga You just came back from Atlanta short. too, son? Relax. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, my old man moment has to do with uh my car. And that that's about it. Wait, it's we still, still in, wait, week three, bro? We we going into the second second almost third week. Oh my uh, god. I'm supposed happened? to be getting this thing back sometime Wednesday, around then. But we don't even know if the world is going to exist <laughs> Wednesday, Wednesday when we wake up. So Businesses have been boarding up. <laughs> but we'll get into that. Halloween 2020, though, y'all. How'd y'all how was y'all Halloween? First Shit of all, my lit, nigga, boy. before we go any motherfucking further with the fucking Halloween conversation... Where is all y'all niggas going? I look, I'm on Instagram. Where is all y'all niggas going, bro? Where's everybody finna go? All y'all niggas was dressed up to go where? Where was y'all niggas at? I'm I on told y'all. House parties. House mad parties. niggas went to parties. Nah, yeah, mad niggas parties. went to party parties. Fuck house all parties. Y'all niggas, 
Y'all niggas is crazy out here. Niggas was bold. Niggas was like, fuck that. That's wild. I'm on the gram and I'm like, where's everybody going? Am I the only nigga who didn't get a Halloween party invitation out here? Like, no, you you would. Yeah, you 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 ain't get it. I was at a party. I was at a party in Atlanta, and it was like no exaggeration. It probably was over 250 people in the party. No exaggeration. Well, you wanna you wanna know what I'm realizing, bro? Because I spoke to one of our mutual friends not too long ago. I'm not gonna give too much okay. away. Okay. But what I'm realizing is a lot of people caught COVID and didn't tell nobody that they caught it. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. And these are the same niggas that are partying right now. Yikes. And since they already caught it, you know, sometimes you get a little bit of an immunity and you may not catch it again or they don't know if you'll catch it again in the future or not. But what's happening is a lot of these people have caught COVID already and got through it and are partying now. That's what I've realized. So niggas some of y'all niggas think some of y'all niggas think it's sweet and you see all these people partying. Nah, these niggas barely survived. That's that's why they're able to party right now. Because I was talking to somebody who told me they had caught it, and I was like, "Oh snap! You didn't say this before. I ain't mm. know nothing about this." Was you, you around this person? Know? Was you nah. around this person? Okay, thank God. All right, cool. Nah, but that that was very interesting, and it, it led me to believe that there's a lot of that going on. A lot of niggas is out here who didn't caught it. They recovered. They didn't make no announcement, didn't tell nobody on the gram, didn't tell their friends for whatever reason, and now is Listen, out here living their best life. I feel like I had COVID in fucking January when my mom said you lost 20 pounds, and I weighed myself on the scale, and a nigga did lose 20 pounds. I was doing a double at work. Prior to the double, I was just doing a play. I was in a musical. Did the musical, left work. I mean, le- left the play, went to work from the overnight shift. I worked from 11 to 7, and then I worked from 7 to 3. By the time I hit 12 o'clock, I was running a fever. I could not stomach any food. I feel like I had fucking diarrhea. And when I got home, my mom was like, you look like shit. And I was sick for like four days. Yeah, yeah man. I, I mean, what COVID, we also, but... you know, COVID, what we just have to make a quick COVID um, a, a statement about COVID is that just keep in mind that there are a lot of cases. You know, there's over 9 million cases in the U.S., 230-something thousand deaths. So it's about a 2.5% death rate at this current moment. So at the end of the day, we're not saying that you shouldn't live your life. Just we're trying to not have this thing get out of control. The cases are there. The death rate is there. So obviously people are getting the the, the virus and then recovering it's just we don't want that number of deaths to keep on increasing unnecessarily. And two and a half percent is still a lot for any virus. It doesn't sound like a lot. Right. It just sounds like two and a half percent. But when you put that on a broader scale of things, you're talking about millions of people dying in a short amount of time. That's that's the major thing. We haven't even hit a year of COVID yet. And you have a two two and a half percent. And if things keep going the way they are, we're talking about half a million people will be dead by February. So that'll it's be a crazy year. That we're thinking about going into a year with this fucking virus. Yo, is this life? Is this this can't be life, man? But this is this life. is the new the new reality, man. This is where we're stuck. And I mean, people are still trying to normalize it. And try, I get it. Everybody wants to live their life, and everybody wants some type of normalcy, but. 
we just have to be precautious. Nobody's saying you can't go out. Nobody's saying that you can't go out and enjoy yourself. Just be precautious. You don't, if you're going to go and party, try to be mindful of how many people you're partying, wearing your mask. Because the thing is, niggas is at these parties with three, four hundred people, but nobody's wearing masks. Well, niggas get, I mean, it's hard when you get into a party atmosphere. It's hard not to lower your guard. You see everybody look like they fine and they chilling and you start to lower your guard. You take your mask off. You want to dance with people, strangers, and, and this, that, and the third. But shit ain't sweet. That's really what it is. And I know in New York, which is where we're based, many of our listeners know this already, but in New York, we have put out this this thing where it's like, yeah, our numbers are low and things are pretty stable. But nah, cats are still catching it in New York. And it's going to get colder. And is that rate is going to go up higher and higher. So... It's it's just about being responsible. That's how I see it. Live your life. They're they're suggesting that Thanksgiving should be virtual. Um, I know that's <laughs> going to be hard for a lot of people. A lot of people yeah, okay. may not even be listening to that. And nah, so I, I'm not. I'm a lot of people. <laughs> you just got to be smart. You just got to be smart about it. So, but um, did y'all see some of these celebrity costumes for Halloween? Yes, I did. Who who you think had the best costume? Um, I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to Quavo. Quavo, I feel I feel like Quavo shit was the most um drastic. When I say drastic, like he he really had to put thought into damn. I'm really about to be my I'm gonna paint my face blue. I'm gonna be in this furry shit, but I'm really gonna bring this nigga beast to life. And it's kind of like an oxymoron because he's dating a woman named Sweetie, but this nigga looked like the fucking beast. So it's pretty interesting. You know what I mean? It's pretty interesting. I think a lot of men like that Quavo outfit. A lot of men said that that was the best outfit they saw for, for 2020. It was fire. It was dope. I liked Offset outfit, too. I liked What did Offset off- do again? He was, what um, was Offset? Um, Jim Carrey's um, character... Um, the oh, the mask. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty. Oh, solid. he was. It's a pretty solid. Oh, okay. Pretty solid. We we have a we have a mutual friend who listens to the show. Shout out to uh, Victoria Bermudez. She also was the mask. Um, and when you go to her page, um, I think from the actual movie, she looked at some of the photos that he took. Um, Jim Carrey, I mean, when um, he was doing certain scenes with um, what's what's this woman, Cameron Diaz, and she reenacted some of those scenes in her photos when she was in her mask uh, costume. And she painted her face green. She looked, honestly, like the mask. I- I- I'm going to have to tag y'all when the episode is over. But she looked just like Jim Carrey in the mask. I was like, damn, she she bodied that shit. Like she A lot of people were super creative this year. And that's what I really did appreciate about this Halloween. Like, it wasn't a... I didn't see that many like overly sexualized costumes. Not that right. that matters here or there for me, but I do appreciate the fact that everyone tried to be creative, and I think yeah. that that's like dope. Like I think that's what Halloween stands for. It's just being creative about it. There was a point in time where every every girl did like something super sexy, and dudes did everything like wild, bloody, or scary, or whatever, but yeah, yeah. I think the dope thing is that middle ground and, like, being creative. Like, Sweetie did Mystique, uh, K-Goddess did Mystique, and I thought that that was dope, you know? Like, 
yeah, you look like you're naked, but it still was tasteful, I think, the way it came across. And it's creative because you got to, like you said, sit there and be painted blue and yeah. put those scales on and That's everything. That's a lot of thought into I don't, a costume. That I don't know I could, if time. I could do that, bro. I, was gonna say, I don't know if I could do the whole prosthetics and the whole face painting and the makeup and do all that extra stuff. I don't know if I could go through all of that. I don't mind putting on the costume and then putting on like a mask or something, but to get mm-hmm. painted and then redo this. And like, I think um fab had fab did, um, who did fab do fab did someone. It was super realistic when he did it. Fab Down- always got the fire outfits though. <laughs> yeah, always, fab- son. Yeah, Fab did one. Oh. Like it was so real. Like even the eyes were red. Like it was. It was. Mm. It would look oh, wow. like very, very real. I was like, wow. Like you really got to sit they here for three hours yeah. and get this yeah. shit done. Well, when yeah, you when you got that much work. money, I I feel like Halloween means a lot more than on a on a I guess a quote unquote common level because mm. these celebrities really love dressing up, Facts. and I feel like it it. There must be a, a difference in your feeling when you and the family celebrate this thing. You turn your whole house into a haunted house like Kanye West and Kim did. Like, the festivity must feel a little different when you got some bread. Because mm. as a common nigga, yeah, it's like, nigga, I'm not finning to go put on all this makeup and do and this, that, $4, and spend $4,000 on one outfit. Yeah, I'm not doing all of that for just one night. But mm-hmm. if you saw a lot of these celebrities party uh, together... So mm-hmm. I feel like it's more of an event for them than it is for, for us, where it's just like either you're trick-or-treating with your kids or you might go to a little party or whatever. But again, it's like something that you're not really taking that serious. Nigga, I'm going to put on a mask and go to the party. But for them, yeah, it's like, Celebrities yo, is different. I mean, it's the same reason why swag is such a big thing amongst them, because if you're rich and everybody around you is, is the last thing you want to be is the lame nigga at the party. Or yeah, the lame right. chick at the party, like no, they're gonna, right. they, yeah, you're cool, but you know, we're, we're they're living in a in a in a world where acceptance is a is still a very big thing for them, so they mm. want to make sure that you know they're accepted and that people think they're fly or whatever. So I get it. It's just, I also think it's know. about just like relevancy too. Like you kind of kill the competition, people kind of look at you like yo, it might it might lead to an opportunity, I guess. Because Lori Harvey was killing in that in that Playboy Bunny. Yo, that Playboy Bunny outfit. Oh my god! And that was a simple ass costume. It's very but I could simple. see, I could see like Fenty now reaching out to her if they haven't already and being like, "Yo, let's put you in some Fenty." Yeah, the you know what I mean? was fire for sure. I could agree with that. My favorite was Cardi B. That Snake Medusa outfit was popping. It was, but well done. Like, I might well have executed. to say, Sweetie really took. Uh, Halloween serious this year. Her and Sierra, they had about fifteen outfits. <laughs> Yo, Sierra and Russell Wilson did this shit with the um, the with the with the Buster Rhymes Buster. And, yeah. yeah, that was fire. that was fired. That was and Buster just dropped the album. So I, yeah, I, I was yeah. listening to it. It's pretty good. Yeah. So, but I right. Halloween was dope for sure. Halloween um, was dope. Let's talk about this BET Hip Hop Awards that. Happened Tuesday when our episode dropped. Um, talk about some of the winners. Now, we definitely got some of these right. And we, of course, definitely got some of them wrong. But best, so best hip-hop 
video went to Future and Drake. I didn't think they were going to win that one, but Life is Good. Life is Good won. was a was was a dope video though. I don't even I don't even think we none of us mentioned Drake and Future. No, we said that other people. We said that it was either going to be so the other running running up videos were the baby featuring Roddy Rich Rockstar, um, Drake Tootsie Slide, the baby Bop, um, little baby bigger picture, Roddy Rich the box. I think I said it was going to be the Tootsie Slide or um, little baby bigger picture, and then you had said that you thought the baby was going to yeah. win yeah. that category. Um, best live performer. Let's see what we got here. Travis Scott, the baby. Oh, Travis Scott won it. And then okay. the the runner-ups were the baby, Drake, Megan Thee Stallion, Roddy Rich, and Big Sean. I don't even think we even went over that one last time. Travis Scott won based on what live performer? Like collectively? I think based off of that uh tour he did off the last album. I can't remember the name of the last album. Uh um it's basically the name of the last album, basically. That was the name of the tour. Yeah, I can't remember what the what it was. What uh, was the name of that last album, D Flow? Um it's funny. Astro World. Astro World. Yeah. 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 So I could see that though. Astro World, I, I heard that that Astroworld, concert series okay. was fire. Uh Best Video Director again went to Tiana Taylor. I think she's won this like three times now. Really? Uh, yeah, she's won which, this a few times. Which video? She or collectively? No, she uh she she directed uh another artist's video, and it was actually a fire video. I can't remember who it was though. But she's won this from BET twice already. I think she won oh, it in the general BET Awards, and now she's mm-hmm. winning it here. Lyricist oh, of the year went to Rhapsody, which mm-hmm. we said she was in the running, but we had yeah. given it. We had given it to Sean, Big Sean, yeah, but we, Rhapsody, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Rhapsody, well deserved. Yeah, well shout deserved. out to that beautiful black queen. Her album was fire, you know what I mean? First of all, everything she does for black women, being a black woman is fire. So shout out to Rhapsody for staying true to herself and doing it for the culture. For sure. Hip Hop Artist of the Year went to Megan Thee Stallion. Now, this was where a lot of controversy came. This is definitely some controversy right no, now. No. Because some people felt like... So the runner-ups were Drake, Future, Little Baby, The Baby, and Roddy Rich. Some people mm. feel like uh, Little Baby got robbed here. Mm. How y'all feel about that? I mean, I oh boy, I hate to be this nigga on the motherfucking show. I believe <laughs> that with all of the controversy that was surrounding Megan the Stallion. How could she not lose? She won. I she agree. was going to win that shit. Yeah, I but Meg, Meg also had the winning. two bigger records for for the general part of the year. Well, if you go by statistics, Little Baby definitely had the best artistic year out of that class of artists. He his project went platinum twice. Yeah, well, yeah, and, it went double platinum. And he, um, he like numbers wise was the best. However, what I will say is culturally, Meg would be up there. Meg had the bigger cultural impact. impact. She had the bigger impact culturally. Maybe her numbers because yeah, Sugar didn't go 
they went Sugar gold. Sugar was trash. We said yeah, it. It, it. It went gold, but it didn't go nowhere. And she had not as many number ones as the baby um, on any of the charts or whatever. However, I think when we talk about who kind of has been more relevant, even though the baby, I mean, even though little baby has been putting out really good music, the cultural impact, you can't really argue that. Meg Thee Stallion got that. So uh, if Meg, they're basing it off that. I think Meg blew up the biggest throughout quarantine, to be honest with you, in terms of what artists, what artists glowed up during quarantine. Even out with of the this? controversy and everything, I think Meg was probably the one who glowed up the most. Yeah, so you got Meg as the winner, and you have Drake, Future, Little Baby, The Baby, and Roddy Rich. The only other two people I would give her a run for the money is is Drake and Little Baby. The Baby, I don't think really like during these last six months. He did drop an album during quarantine, but again, like his his drops aren't like he still hasn't found the formula yet to like dominate the charts when he drops a project. I think the baby has good songs out, but I think he's in the same boat with with Lil Baby, where they have good content, but they aren't relevant in the culture. In terms of they yeah. have songs on rotation, like their songs are on rotation, heavily on rotation at that. But in terms of cultural impact, it's not like Meg. Like Meg, we, Meg wasn't in our conversations just about music. She was in general conversation. Like her name yeah. was in our mouth. Literally. Now Meg Meg is outside of the conversation because at the end of the day, like like you like we've all said, Meg culturally had a better impact than any of these artists on the list. The only mm. other one would have been Drake with Tootsie Slide. Right. And he was dropping fire all quarantine long. But and Little Baby Bigger Picture did did numbers. So those are the only two that you could kind of make a real argument for. The baby. He dropped a project during quarantine. It didn't really go anywhere. The only song that really started to blow up was Rockstar. And I feel like that got like a second wind once he did it for the BET Awards. And Rockstar was the last single he dropped from that project. Right. So I I see why people kind of are a little upset, but I also feel like I see why she got that. (laughs) Yeah, I see why she got it. I agree. Um, Producer of the year. Hit Boy won. Then they have DJ Khaled, Ninth Wonder, uh, Jetson made, Mike Will made it, and Mustard. Um, I can see why Hit Boy won. Hit Boy was I killing all. I can see all. why Hit Boy won too because first of all, Hit Boy. I got. I haven't listened to the whole project yet, but Hit Boy did the entire Nas last album, which niggas is calling a classic, King's Disease. And he did Hit Boy, a good part of char- a, a good part of Sean's project too. Oh yeah, he, Hit Boy was on everything. Like, he did a lot of Janae Aiko stuff too. So Hit Boy, Hit Boy, Hit Boy was Boy on had everything. A good, he had a good run, yeah. Hit Boy yeah, did I'm not mad at year. that at all. Hit Boy Shout was on Hit Boy. everything. Um, hold on, I'm trying to turn this light down a little bit. Um, all right. So then we got uh, what's this? Best collaboration of the year. Mm-hmm. We got Meg Thee Stallion and Beyonce Savage remix as the winner. We. I definitely said that that was going to be the winner. Yeah, I definitely didn't have like WAP? You did say that. Mm. WAP wasn't part of the part of the listing. You have Future and Drake. Life is good. Jack Harlow, featuring Tory Lanez, the baby, Little Wayne was popping remix. The that baby record f- is crazy. <laughs> it's the original is better than the remix to me. I they agree. put too many really? niggas on it. Yeah, they put too really? many niggas on it. The original, Sometimes, I don't like, know. but Buster. 
is the only one that could put 36 niggas on a fucking track and it still be fire. <laughs> my man like, touching about touch. My man touching about touch a remix. Facts. Touch yeah, that it, was the only it. remix that was lit from stock. Everybody had their bars in that shit. Everybody definitely everybody had their had bars, their bars boys. That's a fact. Everybody but in terms of bars. best collab, Rockstar was a good collab. Rockstar was a popping collab. Rockstar, Rockstar was, was really good. good. So, but it wasn't bigger than it wasn't bigger than um than the Beyonce Megan joint though. This was the category that Meg should have won regardless. Like, there should be no debate. The only other songs in there was Meg the Stallion and featuring Nicki Minaj and Ty Dolla Sign and then Mustard and Roddy Rich. All these songs are popping, but they don't have Beyonce on it. Therefore, they were never going to they were never going to be able to compete. Beyonce came out of out of her humble shelter, my friend, and did a fucking track. That's a major thing. Like that was a major boost to Meg and I. Everybody agreed, and Beyonce came and slapped on it. It's not like she Beyonce came Beyonce slapped the fuck out that record. She slapped the she slapped shit the out shit that out. record, bro. She got that yeah. shit in straight backhand, slapped that shit with fucking powder on that shit, boy. Baby yeah, powder she, at that. She she brought in the OnlyFans, and niggas was like, imagine if there was a Beyonce OnlyFans and yeah, all that. Talk about <laughs> it, boy. I would be the only... I ain't gonna hold you. There's I'm not an OnlyFans nigga. But there are probably five women that I will probably pay for OnlyFans for. And I don't care what content is on there, son. I don't really care, bro. Show me Rihanna's some in there. Rihanna's Rihanna is definitely. Definite. I don't care what you tell me, boy. I know for a fact Rihanna OnlyFans is popping. Rihanna would, I would definitely pay for a Rihanna OnlyFans. Who else would uh, I really pay for? Beyonce, I might, I might not. But I would Rihanna, just do it just because it sounds premium. That's it. And I just feel like sounds I've like a premium something. experience, bro. <laughs> Next thing you get on it, and she talking, and this nigga hove in the back like this. Hey, <laughs> Facts. Facts. Like, it just seems like a premium experience. That's the only it, reason I would want that. That's a um, fact. Um, I would low-key pay for a Kylie Jenner OnlyFans. Summer um, Walker. I would do Summer Walker. I don't Walker. know. Summer Walker just seems dirty to I'm me. I'm good off that. I don't think I would do it. I don't think we got appeal. London on the track. As yeah, sexy man, as she that. seems, it just it's just a a hippie sexy that's just not a thing. It for is, me. but that I think that's I think that's it, it has an appeal to it. It has an appeal for you. Give for us, you, for you, give us, you. Give yeah, us, for me, for me. Give, <laughs> give us a scissor OnlyFans and we Gucci. Give us a scissor. Scissor is a popping OnlyFans. Scissor, scissor is on the same boat with Summer Walker for me. They, they nah, fall you into bugging. the same you category. They, me, they, bro. They yeah, bro, bro, default. Yeah, they, they, I'm not. I'm not. I can I'm see not, why I you can feel like all right. Summer might roll around in some dirt. She even said that she don't take showers yeah, and all that. But Scissor look like she smells like fucking roses and blossoms, bro. No, right. bro. It just—it's just for me. That's just a me thing. Like I, the hippie type of thing don't don't appeal to me. Even like as as attractive as I find Janae Aiko, she falls in the same boat with me. So you don't like you don't, you don't like, like them women. chicks that look like they they put mad oils on. So <laughs> D flow. So D flow. You don't like a nice musty armpit uh, chick who's just like yeah, I just use lime and lemon sometimes. No. I don't I don't like no girl that I gotta wonder if she shaved last night. I'm good. Uh, no no no. She she does not shave. She, I'm straight. I'm armpit, even more straight. Her I am armpit even is more a mustache. Straight, sir. Her armpit is a mustache. You're not going No, I'm good. Alright. What if so? she what is she what if she hadn't shaved her vagina in like ten months? You're not going 
No. I wouldn't even You're fuck. not going to eat that bush? I wouldn't even fuck. Song of the year. Song of the year goes to Roddy Rich in the box. Uh, the box. The box. The box. The box needs to be born. Paul, my friend. Nah. Bald, yo, XAB set that up. XAB set that shit up, y'all. This nigga. Uh, the bop, the uh, baby rock star, Drake Tootsie Slide, Megan Thee Stallion, and Life is Good was in that category. Um, let's see how many more fuck Jesus Christ they got mad not gonna be anyway. sliding to nobody's box because life is not Sli- good sliding so to basically the, box. the the conversation that came out of this was that the the baby was nominated 12 times and ain't win shit how y'all feel about that they Missy Elliott him bro that that it was sad son <laughs> definitely Missy Elliott it was, it was that bad nigga, they yeah. Missy Elliott that nigga but you know what though? I wouldn't feel too bad because you, at the end of the day, the good thing is, my brother, you were in the conversation. Well, that's the what thing matters. is, I feel like I when you look at the categories, he wasn't supposed to win none of those categories. That is true. Mm-hmm. They just put him in mm-hmm. there because he deserves to be a part of the conversation. He deserves to be part Correct. of the conversation, but there was no way he was going to beat Meg or Little Baby. Or even Roddy Rich, I think. I think all of those those new artists. I'm not even going to talk about Drake, but all of those newer artists that came out, they're having a bit more of a cultural impact than he is, and their music. Even though the baby's music slaps, he can hit you with a single. They're having bigger singles than him, so I really can't see him beating Little Baby in any category. You know what I'm saying, or or any of those situations. So I just think. It wasn't his year. He still needs to get that that fire. Although it was a fire, great year. And he was, it was between him and, and Meg Thee Stallion as to who took, who was the hottest artist. You know I think he still about it? needs I see to drop the baby, something. I see the baby going down that same road like a fab where their, their hit potential is good enough where they could put out a solid single and mm. be on the airwaves. But for whatever reason, they the cultural impact, they're just not in people's, they're not a part of the daily conversation. You feel me? And even though Drake is kind of like that too, Drake just somehow managed to go and push, his music kind of goes over the hump. Where Well, Drake built himself to that. He didn't start well, like that. that's true, because Drake is a veteran in the game compared to them too. So and, and Marvin's room is really what was the cultural impact that put mm-hmm. him over. But the Drake top. is also a veteran. Like Drake is Jay Z to these niggas too. So it's like yeah, that's this is true. Yeah, Drake is Drake is at that stature. Drake is the Drake is the goat of this era right now. Like Drake is the borderline era. Like Ti and them is the OGs. Like they're the OGs. They're the Rick Rosses, the Busta Rhymes. They're the super OGs. Like they're the the extreme veterans, they're the they're the guys that they should be retired, but they still doing what they're doing. But Drake is that at that cuff where it's like he's still young enough to do his thing, but he's in the game long enough that you gotta respect him. But the baby for me personally, he has enough hit potential to put out a song, get on the charts, and he's consistent, which is why he stays in people's which is why he's always a part of these conversations because mm. he's managed to continuously put out a song like every month or two that mm-hmm. keeps him in the conversation. So 
you didn't win none this year, bro. But like what X said, man, keep keep putting out good songs, and trust me, you you'll be where you gotta be at. At I the end of think, the day, I don't think that nigga cares though. I don't think he really cares. He's making money right now, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like that nigga making bread, nigga. Uh, nigga. Didn't Kanye West piss in a fucking Grammy a trophy cup the other day? Niggas he pissed don't in a toilet about, with the shit in there. Yeah, niggas. Yo, bro. I feel like the the rap game is at a point nobody really gives a fuck about these awards. These award shows are not even being produced by us. They giving us their awards, their awards. Well, so, this one is produced by us. It's BET, but I do agree. I think that a lot of these artists are in spaces with... I mean, as you should be, though. As an artist, you you may not... You're going to want your flowers at some point, but you shouldn't feel some type of way as a brand new artist when on the win. scene when you don't win. Yeah. Like, like you're the baby. You've been out for about a year and a half now, and you're out with a pretty decent class of other artists. So you do have, your time will come because the way you throw out slaps, we thought this year was a good year for you. If you get seasoned and you actually take your craft seriously, I think for the baby, what he needs is a solid album. If he puts out a solid album, he's in a whole nother class at that point. We got to start talking about him in, in a different way. I think what happened for little baby is he put out what, it wasn't It wasn't it for me, but for the streets, Little Baby's album was for me. was was a banger. Same thing with Roddy Rich. Roddy Rich's album, honestly, for me, I was looking for a little bit more. But for the younger people, it's a banger. So I can they're just in these different classes when it comes to the cultural impacts that they're leaving versus the baby. The baby. You got to pick the singles off of it. You got to find them shits. They're like diamonds in the rough. And that's where he's kind of struggling. Yeah, but- because what what all of these young artists, before we move on, I just want to say this. For the young artists out there, man, there's nothing wrong with recording and creating content. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's your job. Your job is to re- make content. However, if you just recorded 20 new songs... You don't have to put out those 20 songs. You can still just release a single and continue recording until you can put together 14 or 16 proper songs and put and develop a proper project. You don't have to, every time you do 20 songs, release a project because then you might have one or two singles off the project, but then you end up with 14 songs and there's only three good songs on the project. Mm-hmm. So right. you know, like I get it. You're recording content, and you know what you're figuring to yourself. Well, I'm just going to release the content because it's there, but not all the time. Because then, when you do that, what ultimately happens is that you end up with all these projects, but there's only three good songs, and, and it's not everybody's taste is different. But obviously, there's a reason why only two or three songs are being marketed as solid singles. So That's just right. try to put together a good project, man. I feel like that era is kind of lost, but to the artists who take the time to do it, you notice they always <laughs> shine like gems. That's why when Cole releases a project, it always does so well because it seems like there's a bit more thought that goes into it. And I'm pretty sure artists. J. Cole isn't recording only 15 songs. He probably no. recorded 40 songs to that project. So just food for thought, young artists. Artists, basically what D-Flo is saying is that if some of y'all know that y'all only going to be single rappers, don't try to have a longevity career in this music thing. 
try to do a Paul Wall, try to do a who, Mike John, who, try to, you know, go down that route, maybe put out like two, three singles a year, record like 20 songs and just spread it out. We know deep down inside you're only good for singles. Don't put out long-term LP projects. You're not that guy. You're not that woman, okay? You're not that group. It's, it's okay. Listen to us. We know what's best for you and your rap career. Next topic, uh, XAB. Airbnb. So this woman found a, a hidden camera at her Airbnb. Now, this is oh, always that's been... that's crazy. I saw that shit. That's wild. So that's it's crazy. Always been a fear of mine when going to an Airbnb is that there is a hidden camera somewhere in the crib. And I've always found myself in situations where there were cameras, but... Or there were situations where the only way the person would call or say that there was an issue is if they were looking at a camera. So I don't know how y'all mm. feel about this story or how you even feel about Airbnbs. I mean, I've been so far in my young Air, Airbnb experience, I've only been to two Airbnbs. Um, and the two Airbnbs that I've been to was all this year. The first Airbnb that I... <clears throat> Um, was in I can't give it away can't give away too much details me and that young lady not even really on talking terms but all I'm gonna say is um what happened was the first night that we checked into the Airbnb it was a little weird getting the key situation from said person that was renting a place the next morning <clears throat> this is a true story the next morning we woke up to somebody walking up the stairs while we were sleeping in one of the main guest rooms. And the person that walked up the stairs was somebody that was the father of the person that rented us the Airbnb. And he claims he did not know anyone was actually in the, um, the Airbnb house occupying the space. He also claims that even though he walked through the fucking living room, he didn't see clothes and sneakers and things around because it, it was a wild night the night before. But he claimed he didn't see none of that shit. Um, and his excuse for walking into the Airbnb unannounced was, you guys touched the thermostat, so I had to come inside because it was freezing downstairs in the other property that we have. Mm. Wait, that was hold it. on, hold on. That, there's a yeah, contradictory yeah. statement in what you said just now from the owner's part. Okay. How the fuck don't you know people are there but know that no, someone somebody touched, touched the, thermostat. the thermostat? Yeah, yeah, you, 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 you're right. That shit just clicked for me too, nigga. nigga I, listen, the person I was with, she was scared and then I had to get up with no shirt on, boxers, talking to the guy. Like, hey, who are you? He's like, oh, my God, I'm startled. I'm like, how the fuck are you startled? Nigga, we startled. <laughs> fuck are you talking about? And he's telling me, oh, you know, did you guys touch the thermostat? I said, yes, the fuck we did because um, it, was, um, it was cold as fuck in there. And he said, yeah, sometimes when you mess with it, it messes up the downstairs area because the Airbnb is above their restaurant. They had like a restaurant. And he was like, it was messing with their stuff that they had in the freezer. And I'm like, that's cool. But how did you not know nobody was in here? 
and you see all these things around. And he said he didn't remember that his um his daughter was renting the Airbnb out that weekend. And I was like, interesting. Um, and I say all that to say that was my first Airbnb experience. So from then, I don't really trust Airbnbs. I'm being honest. I really don't. Yeah. I've had a well, bunch of Airbnb experience. I've uh I did cross cross country, as as most of y'all know, twice. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the person that I was with was the one who introduced me to Airbnbs. Okay. Um and the concept of these spaces that you can rent. Uh and it wasn't it's not that I've had a very mixed bag with a bag with Airbnb. I've had some really great experiences where you kind of make a bond with the owner and or the person running it out and they're a lot of times they're mad cool and they they may do like little perks for you or they may be like, "Yo, this whole property is yours for the weekend. I'm not even going to be in the state." Like a lot of time is that experience, but then there's a lot of times where you get the opposite. You do get the the racist uh, people who want to act like they're not racist, but all of a sudden they're watching every single person that comes to the crib. They're trying to see if you're trying to have more people stay over than you told them and a whole bunch of other shit. I had one time, I uh, went to an Airbnb and the room that they gave us to stay in was overrun by ants. I had times where I was in oh, an Airbnb. Shit. And the way the shit was advertised, it looked like you would get a whole floor to yourself and you get a, a, a room. There was a time I did an Airbnb in in L.A. with my homeboy. And yeah, I slept in the same bed together. N- no, nigga. <laughs> oh, I'm just asking a question. Uh, when we got there, it was a child's room. What the fuck? It was a child's room with a bunch of trophies, toys, and Legos all around the room. And the it was in it was in Crenshaw. We were in (laughs) Crenshaw. (laughs) So we was like, yo, we in the hood hood right now. Like it was it was an interesting experience to uh to say the least. But did the child's room have up and down? Did the child's room have uh child's play in it? Did it have Chucky in there? Something? Nah, Chucky wasn't in there. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> but it was two bunk. It was two twin bunk beds, <laughs> and it was like, it's like, yo, I haven't slept on a twin since fucking college, dog. Wait, like, wait. Who had the top and who had the bottom? No, no, not not a my fault. Not a bunk bed, but it was two twin beds in the shit. Oh, and <laughs> and I was with a nigga that's like six seven, so it was hilarious <laughs> trying to see him fit on a fucking twin bed. That that, like, that must have been quite the experience. Listen, man, the, the house wasn't really well kept. Like it was just one of them experiences where it's just like I'm out here, so I'm gonna enjoy it. But and the outside looked popping. Don't get don't get it twisted. It's just that Shorty didn't upkeep it the way she could have to keep it looking a certain type of way and really get bang out of the buck. But a child that was like one of them last minute bookings. I personally prefer hotels. Right, right. Me I'm a personally. hotel man myself. Uh, what about you, D-Flo? Are you more of an Airbnb guy, a hotel, villa, hut? Mm-hmm. I'm definitely a hotel nigga, son. Like, I, okay. 
I've done Airbnb, <laughs> Airbnb only once, and the one time I did it was decent, but um, I still prefer to just go to a hotel. I know what the fuck I'm about to go and expect. <laughs> See, I my thing with the hotel is I'm I when, with Airbnbs. I feel like I am like being supervised by somebody. If I do the wrong thing in their house, they're gonna call me up and they're gonna tell me now, sir. Don't do that. In the, mm-hmm. in a hotel, that bitch is mine for the night. Like right. Hey, right. y'all niggas right. not finna to tell me nothing right. unless everything I am wilding out in the hotel. Everything in the hotel room is basic, bro. It's it's exactly they have they have made the space so that if things go south, they it's it's they could accommodate that. <laughs> when you go to a fucking house, nigga, that person is renting you their property. They're expecting to get the property back the way they get the way they rented it to you. That's so a now fact. niggas gotta go take pictures, check, make sure you leave things the same way or roughly the same way. Like, nah, I don't got time for that. Like, like I said, the concept isn't back. There's certain there's certain rural areas you may want to go to that you know might not have the the amenities that a hotel has. Sure, I, I believe that if you're going to do an Airbnb. I think that's more so necessary, like, if you're trying to do, like, if it's a big group of you guys and everybody wants to stay in, like, in a right. house. Like, right, if right, it's, right. like, more than, like, four, if it's more than, I would say, more <laughs> than four people going together and everybody wants to stay in one space, then I would say, yeah, sure, get an Airbnb, you can rent a house, and everybody can kind of be in the house. Like, it depends on your mindset when it comes to it. But for me, if I'm traveling dolo or one other person, hotel, for sure. I also uh not don't get me twist don't get it twisted. They it's all about the Airbnb that you pick too. Cause there are some really dope Airbnb experiences. There's some like again, you might get a whole apartment to yourself or you might get a whole house to yourself and it would be kind of cool for the for like two people. It's like extremes. It's either I found it the most helpful because I was traveling from state to state to state. That was cool. That was less expensive than a hotel. And it was cool in the sense of you get these experiences sometimes with the people involved that can kind of tell you where to go in town and this, that, and the third. Um, and then, like you said, Flo, it's really dope when you have a group of people, maybe like eight to ten people, and you get a big enough Airbnb where all of y'all can chill in, in that location for whatever set amount of time that you're going to be there. Um but again, it does fit those locations. Typically, the owner is not on site. I don't like the Airbnbs with the owner on site. Me personally, I don't like that. And I don't like the ones where you're actually like living with the owner. So sometimes Duh. you'll be you'll have like a room and then the owner's room is right next to yours. Like that's cool for one night state and then you're going somewhere else. But I don't like that like for a vacation. If I'm going on a vacation. I like the idea of a hotel where niggas ain't saying shit to me. I go to the pool downstairs, come back up. I can fuck Facts. and not have to worry about can the nigga next door hear us fucking. Like, I'm not trying to go I through mean, all that. Me personally, I would like the owner there. And really and truly, if the owner's there and I know I'm fucking, I'm going to be fucking just because I know the owner's there. You know, I don't care. I'm, I'm into the kinky shit like that, big bro. I don't even think that's kinky. That's just <laughs> obnoxious. <laughs> it is. It is. This is a certain level of obnoxious there, bro. I'm just saying, like, for me, I just want to, like, 
if you hear me smashing in my hotel room, nigga, you're you're that's just gonna you. mind you're gonna mind your business. Yeah, that's you on know you. Know what the fuck I'm there doing, Playboy? Can I get a preview? <laughs> Can I get a preview of how that sounds, bro? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> so, um, uh, <laughs> like this, or is it like this? Uh, can we continue with the story? Let's continue, bro. Why, why, why are you so fascinated with these things, huh? What's going because on? Because I just want to know. Now I'm good. That's not so, a just want to know type of question. Yeah, that's not. Like, it's not. You know what's funny about it? If I was a single nigga, I probably would have disclosed it. But I'm not going to tell you that information about me and my wife. What's wrong with you, boy? That's what's weird. I need practice. I'm getting married soon. I ain't tell y'all. Next topic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of obnoxious things, Lil Wayne and Donald Trump uh, decided they wanted to take a fucking photo op together with Lil Wayne saying, looks scary as fuck. First of all, I I I thought that was a Halloween picture, but go ahead. (laughs) This nigga nigga Lil Wayne goes and says that the platinum plan... Uh, he endorses it. He thinks it's going to do a lot for the black community. I want to remind the listeners that the platinum plan is two pages, okay, with no details for the black community, just a bunch of promises. Damn. Two pages. Damn. So when you see these black celebrities cozying up to Trump, at this point, you're getting this episode on election day. I hope everybody who's listening to this will be listening to it while they're going to vote um, and maybe you haven't settled on voting or not and hopefully that this episode allows you to to make the decision that's best for you. Um, right. In this case, we think it's voting. But, or at least I do, I'm going to speak for myself. Um, I think it's voting. However, when you see these black celebrities kind of like cozying up to Trump, I, I really it really leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Especially black men, because we've been under fire all fucking quarantine, and we don't need to be doing no silly shit for niggas to be like, see, this is why y'all niggas is trash. But yet, we find ways. We are, at this point, we're inventing ways to be the bad guy of the story. 50 Cent, that I'm going to go through all these niggas now. 50 Cent, right? This nigga 50 Cent goes on and says Biden is going to tax niggas 62%, which is a lie. And then... This is the part that bothers me. He privately tells Chelsea Handler that he was just playing around and joking that he has no intention of voting for Trump, but never makes that public. So you publicly put out something that would make people be like, oh, nah, maybe I should vote for for Trump, but then never corrects it publicly. You tell Chelsea Handler in a private conversation and then tell Chelsea to go in the breakfast club and clear it up for you. That so oh wow Damn, corny man. shit there. We all know Kanye West, and I've been saying this for a while. Kanye is jealous of people like Drake and Obama who have reached levels of success <laughs> and admiration <laughs> that he can never reach. And instead of him being proud of those type of people, he gets envious. If you listen to the Joe Rogan uh, interview, he kind of admits to this. I listened to both the Joe Rogan interview and I watched the Dave Letterman interview. We'll get into those in a second. But he kind of admits to this to some extent that he gets jealous of seeing other people reach certain success. And I think his whole alignment with Trump has everything to do 
with being jealous of Obama and Obama calling him a jackass. I think <laughs> his whole situation with Drake is jealousy towards Drake and Drake's success of taking a sound that he feels he created and bringing it to a whole nother height that he could never do. He could never sing like Drake, so he never could compete in that lane. When Drake right. took the sound and did what he did with it, he looked at Drake at first, and he says this in the David Letterman thing without naming Drake. He says something along the lines of, when you look at somebody as a son and they do like fathers look at their sons and secretly they want their sons to do better than them, but then they see their sons do better than them and envy it. Now, I don't know many fathers that feel that way, mm, but that's, wild. that's, wild. that's how he felt. And that's what he said. Um, and then you got little Wayne. And Lil Wayne, I feel like, is is one of the biggest jokes of them all right now When in this particular instance. I love Lil Wayne's music. I think Lil Wayne is a cool guy. But literally three years ago, when Black Lives Matter was first coming on the, on the scene, I believe after Mike Brown was killed, he was asked about Black Lives Matter, and he said he didn't even know what the fuck that was. And then when he was, he was told what it was... He said, man, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit. Um, black lives matter. My life is, I'm black and my life matters. And you know, I got all these millions and I fuck all these bitches. So, of course, my life matters. And then <laughs> said, I ain't no fucking politician. Right. Three years later, not saying that people can't change. But now you want to be political in the last leg of the election by standing next to Donald Trump and... Taking a picture talking about, yo, I think the platinum plan is dope. A two-page plan. You should have just stayed in the lane of not being a fucking politician. And then we got Ice Cube. The nigga for the last two months has been trying to sound like the unbiased, sobered nigga in the room. The Democrats and the Republicans. Fuck them niggas. They don't care about black people. I, I care about black people. But then, this is how, this is why I feel like it's all bullshit. So you claim that the the Biden administration told you that they were not going to meet with you until after the election. And that's the reason why you met with Trump, because Trump and them said they would meet you before the election. But then you go and you say, well, Kamala Harris and her team did reach out to me and say that they would do a Zoom call with me. But I declined that because I feel like I was it wasn't going to be one on one. It was going to be a group of leaders. And I didn't think that that was going to be able to allow me to be heard. For me, that sounds like an ego trip. That sounds like you just was fiending for it to be a one-on-one situation just to make it seem like you had more power in the room as opposed to it being a bunch of black leaders bringing stuff to the table and having their voices heard. I just feel like this is all clown shit that they're trying to wrap up as we're trying to be non-biased. But really, you just want to align yourself with Trump. That's my ice opinion. Cube. Ice Cube, the ice is melting. Okay? Go give us another fucking uh, Friday, okay? Thank you. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just... We got to do better. Our black celebrities got to do better. I'm not saying that they have to vote a certain type of way or believe in any one political party. I'm an independent myself. I consider myself independent. If there's some dope ass Republican that comes up in the next election, I might vote for them. It, it, I don't have a party affiliation. 
I've mostly <laughs> been Democratic because I have more liberal viewpoints. But again, John Kasich sounded lit to me last year, last election period. John Kasich was all right. You know what I mean? Pete Buttigieg is all right to me this year. And Biden isn't as terrible as niggas try to make him seem. I don't think that I don't agree with every single thing, nor will you ever, because these individuals are people at the end of the day. They're not going to encompass every single thing that you agree. Us, us three can't agree on shit on this fucking podcast half the time. So what makes you think a nigga that's going to lead the free world is going to have all your fucking policies? They never Facts. will. Because all I <laughs> want to flow to do is just tell me how it sounded. That's all. You're right. We can't even agree on that. It's crazy. Yeah, life be tough sometimes. <laughs> I can't. I can't deal with you niggas. So <laughs> Dream Doll says that well, raise the question, why do men date damaged women to damage them more? What are Yo, your thoughts when I, on that? When I seen this, I was like, damn, she's saying some real I don't, shit. I don't get the question. I think, so, apparently Dream Doll is dealing with some form of a breakup or some form of something going on between her and somebody else. And I guess what she's asking is, why do men... Get with a woman who will probably tell them, hey, I've been through some experiences with past relationships and uh, sometimes uh, maybe I'm in a weird space and then end up doing something that adds to the same trauma that they had from their previous relationships. So I guess if a girl, if you if you date a girl who tells you like, yo, I've been cheated on in a lot of my relationships and. It's traumatized me, and then you go and you cheat on her. Uh, for me, it's a simple answer. Uh, because that man knows he can. He knows he can get with the weak girl and damage her because he knows he can damage her. Hmm. <clears throat> That's what I think. Um... This might be a this is not a sexist answer, ladies. And um I just want to say this from a from a perspective that I, I'm trying to be super pragmatic. So ladies, we are not perfect. Niggas do dumb shit sometimes. Very true. However, And me, it's funny because me and X had a, a, a conversation about this earlier today. Accountability is very important because a lot of times, if you know you're not in the right space, and I get it, a man would tell you whatever he needs to tell you to get with you. But at the same time, if you know you're not in the right space, don't do it. Don't get in that relationship. And a lot of times, women, do your own research. How do you know he's not damaged? It's not all, it, it can't always be this one-sided. And I feel like us as men sometimes... We meet a lady and we rush to cater so much 
that we don't even take into consideration how we feel about the situation and neither does she. She just considers how we could help her rather than vice versa. And then when shit goes south, it's the man's fault. There has to be accountability on both sides. I think I think from what you're saying, um, that opens up a conversation on on two prongs for me. I I think that there is an accountability conversation to be had here in terms of it's not I'm not saying that this is always the case, but a lot of times I've seen women deal with a guy that they know was damaged. And they know that they're dealing with their own shit as well, but they still entertain the damaged nigga. And then they get attached to the damaged nigga, and then the damaged nigga does damage, damaging shit at the end of the day. And and it, it all it does is perpetuate a cycle because then it traumatizes her again from whatever it is that she was trying to get away from. And so at some point, it definitely does become an accountability thing where it's like, if these are the type of men that you are deciding to date because it is a decision to date them, you may not be able to control who you're attracted to or who you like, but to, the decision is always there to take them seriously or not. And when you decide to take said person seriously and they are showing you that they have a lot of shit that they need to work on and you still decide to move forward with it there's an accountability conversation that needs to be had there on on the woman's end on the opposite end of it i think as men we need to to kind of have more conversations with one another about doing right by certain women that are brought into said person's life. So I know that we kind of do it here, but I don't know if every man does this. And I think that it's important when you see that your man's is not in a good space to get into a relationship or you see that they got a really good girl that they're dealing with. You have to remind them that this is a really good girl and don't do no fuck shit because at the end of the day, you do some fuck shit like that's on you. That's on you doing some wild shit. And do you really want to ruin this relationship with this said individual that looks like they're good for you or maybe going through their own thing solely to to do whatever it is that you need to do for your ego or to do whatever it is that you need to do to make you feel like the man because you you were able to get with her or whatever the case is. Um, and I think that those conversations are are important for us to start having a little bit more, too. We do it, but I don't. I don't feel like a lot of men are doing it. Well, I feel like niggas ain't doing it because niggas feel like they ain't got to do it. You know, bro. We hear women say it all the time, Flo. I'm not trying to help build that nigga damaged, and then low key turn, fuck with the nigga, and make him with the nigga, and make him even more damaged. I think what 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 the hard conversation has to be had amongst a lot of men and women entering relationships is expectations. 
I think a lot of times we get into a relationship and a, a woman might be like, yo, my last boyfriend cheated on me. He was a fuck nigga, da 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 And then as the man, us as men have a hard time letting women know what bothers us in general. <laughs> and I think a lot of times we don't be, we're not honest with the woman we're talking to because Amen. rather than telling this lady, hey, honestly, my last girlfriend was too needy. She was, It was too emotionally taxing on me. She want she expected too much of me, and honestly, I just couldn't. I just couldn't keep up with that. And I think a lot of times, a lot of besides the normal, besides the normal things of cheating and stuff like, a lot of mm-hmm. niggas break up with their women because of the emotional taxing of it. Like a lot of girls go through their. I'm not saying it's a normal thing, but some women. Some niggas can't deal with the the unstableness or some men might be like, yo, she's too needy. She wants too much from me. But mm-hmm. I, she maybe just to clarify, you mean like on the more unhealthy side of it? Like when Yeah, a, I mean, when a, like I, what I'm talking about when you meet a damaged man, we're talking about the things that what most damaged men aren't willing to admit. Yeah, what I'm clarifying mm-hmm. is like when you say by a needy girl. They were with a needy girl. You mean like on an unhealthy side of neediness? Yeah, I'm talking because about to the point where it affects their functionality. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like there's certain women, there's certain dudes that are with certain girls that they're like, yo, I can't even do me because, you know, this yeah, person. Yeah, always calling, always exactly, texting. All, and, and you it, can't be with you your at, friends. Exactly. Where you at right now? Where you, you at? Doing? Are they jealous of your friends, your male friends? You hanging with your boys and she trips about. That, if we have to be honest about certain things, because certain things that some women do are extremely toxic. I'm talking 100%. about you liking someone picture on, on Instagram and she curses you out for that. I'm talking about you hanging with your boy that you've known since elementary school. She curses you out for that. I'm talking about those little things that we tend to, and not, not just a curse out, it's a whole argument. It's Y'all a in big an argument, argument for a week. Yeah, damn, you know D flow vent to us, man. Vent to us, man. Let us know, bro. I'm Bring not venting. In. I mean, I don't really go through these <laughs> things personally, but you see, I see niggas go through it. I've I seen know it too. dudes who go through it, and it's hmm. it. I could only imagine the level of stress because I could only imagine me telling my woman like, "Yo, I'm about to go hang out with." Imagine I'm like, yo, I'm about to go hang out with X tonight. And I catch into an argument because I'm about to go hang out with X. And I'm being questioned about the legitimacy of that fact. You're going to you be understand? more questioned if you hang out with Distinguished. But I understand what you're saying. Even if it's that. Even if I'm not saying, yo, the, <laughs> point, the point of the matter is if I'm hanging out with people that you know are my close friends, for a fact, and that people that you know are solid by me, it shouldn't be a question, especially if it's not something that I do all the time. You get where I'm coming from? Or if I'm yeah. on the gram and I liked the picture of someone, and now I'm being questioned because I like that picture, even though you know for a fact that me and this person have nothing going on. These are the toxic things that stare certain men into a rabbit hole where you get to a point where you're just like, yo, I can't deal with this chick. Damn, women about me? to like, hate this nigga D flow on this episode. Damn. I mean, they could, but at the end of the day, I think that's I think that's truthful. I don't yeah, think I mean, there's nothing crazy about that. We as men have to create <laughs> these clear barriers because a lot of times women will be like, "Yo, I'm this nigga is mad toxic," but what's making him toxic? You feel me? Like we women always want to judge and criticize the things that we do, 
But at the same time, it's a two-way street. Oh, we're toxic, but at the same time, I can't tell how many niggas you're entertaining. Mm. You feel I me? Mean? I can't tell what you do because you would sit there and criticize everything I do, who I'm liking, what pictures I'm liking, but yet Rob, Joshua, and Michael in your DMs giving you good morning texts every day. What's up with that? This, this is a fact. So we we got to be honest about these things. You can't. It's a contradictory because when you post up your sexy picture, if I'm supposed to go through your likes and question you about who all liking your shit, that's a problem, right? Now I'm toxic for doing mm. that. Facts, facts. So women, accountability. Damn. It's, I'm not trying to be sexist. I'm just being pragmatic. <laughs> you can't well, want to do goes... things one way and not expect the same thing back. Well, this goes uh, to a conversation that Mandy was having with Brittany Kelly, Bridget Kelly, rather, and um, and uh, oh man, Olivia Dope, uh, Olivia Dope, yeah, on um the See the Thing Is podcast, and Mandy has said she made a distinction and she said, I'm seeing a lot because they were talking about the Birkin bag conversation. And they were like, I'm seeing a lot of women. Talk about how much they want their man to buy them uh, bags and this, that, and the third. And she said, what I don't think a lot of women understand is when you just want niggas to take care of you, you're looking for a trick. And there's a difference between a trick and a boyfriend. When you're in a relationship with someone, that will always have to be 50-50. When Mm -hmm. you want someone to trick on you, then they that's going to be always on their dime. But you can't ask for a, a boyfriend out of a trick. Or you can't ask for a trick out of a boyfriend. And I thought that was a really, really good distinction because if you're ever trying to build a real family dynamic with somebody, it may not be monetarily 50-50, but somewhere along the, la- the way you have to give up 50-50 or something. It's not going to be shit is sweet and niggas is just buying you this, that, and a third. Now, we've said it a bunch of times on this podcast in New York. Some of them finances might have to be 50-50. I'm, so, Big I'm facts. sorry. It's New York. And, and niggas, if you want to live somewhat of luxury, then y'all combining motherfucking incomes. Big <laughs> like, facts. Big y'all facts. figuring it out. Like Y'all not just going to be out here uh, and the nigga, unless he is a big shot, making a lot of money. Uh, and we're talking about six figures in New York. If y'all want to live a life of luxury, he got to be making six figures. And I ain't talking about low six figures um, to be able to just live a life of luxury and him be able to take care of all of your expenses. That's a Whether fact. that's him taking care of your rent and his rent or him taking care of, of you and you don't pay for no bill at all. Whatever the case is. Uh, other than that, y'all niggas is a combined income some way, some shape, somehow. But... Um, I thought that was a really good distinction. I think that goes back to what you're saying, Flo, in terms of accountability, where it's just like there is this perception sometimes where, or at least there's a trend right now where it's blaming on the man. And a lot of men do deserve that. A lot of men do. If we're keeping this conversation honest, a lot of men do deserve that. However, in the same breath, what I am seeing, which is starting to become another trend, is blame it on the man so I don't have to deal with my own toxic behavior and my own toxic shit. 
Cinex, boy. Like, I have some shit I need to work on as an individual. But instead of me working on it, I'm going to scapegoat this nigga that did some fuckboy shit that I kind of knew was going to be a fuckboy in the first place. But, like, yeah, he cheated. But like you said, Flo, the whole relationship or the whole time we were talking, I was entertaining like five niggas. Maybe I didn't cheat. Maybe I didn't cheat with them, but I let two niggas take me on a date. I talked to this one nigga every morning. And, yeah, he cheated, and that was ridiculous, and I'm hurt by it, and da-da-da-da-da. But I never gave him any security in the relationship. So you got to take, like, some, this is not every situation. Because, again, like we've admitted, there's sometimes when niggas is just doing stupid shit. But there are a lot of times where I see, I see a lot of some of my, I see a lot of friends uh, where they're posting all this shit about healing and and being hurt. And mm. when you dig into it a little bit more, it was like, yeah, you were hurt, but you did wild shit to right. get to that bro, point you, where you got hurt. Let's keep, let's keep right. it a stack too, bro. Like, Women have to be like, listen. If <laughs> and I see, I see it happen all the time. And sometimes you, I laugh at it because I can kind of tell when, when some women are going through certain things because it's like if you're in a relationship, let's say you're an extremely attractive young lady, all you gotta do is post some trap picture, some level of provocative, some That's level of prov- provocative. Um, content and you know what this provocative content is finna do you know what it's going to create you know who's going to be in your dms and the caption says stay out of my inbox i don't want no stay out of my inbox or it's going to have some deep thought but yet titty nipple popping out but yet you don't (laughs) want that attention so man i don't i don't understand it you feel me And and it could just be for content but I think it becomes an issue when you start to entertain people beyond a certain level, because you might you might be a con- like let's say we're talking about a, a very attractive person they they're what people call an IG model so she got to put out content every now and then she got to keep her core fan base entertained that's what they followed her for in the first place she's she's with a dude now though she's with a homie they really kicking it off I don't mind the content do you? But then when Richard is in your inbox talking about, I'm going to fly you out, mm. and you mm-hmm. respond, when? <laughs> now we got a problem. <laughs> Yo. Like, that. Now, now we're in a space where I don't feel like this relationship is secure in no way, shape, or form. No because way, shape, or form, Because you're so entertaining a nigga telling you he going to fly you out, and you like, all right, instead Yikes. of you being like, nah, I'm seeing somebody... You wildin', we could be cool. You sitting there talking about sure. And then your explanation to me is, <laughs> I just gotta do that. I just gotta act like I'm available. All right, now we in sticky sit now yeah, we, in we in a sticky, sticky territory. It's a sticky situation right there, boy. I don't I don't agree <laughs> with that. I don't agree with the show that he's talking about. I'm working on healing myself, but still talking to seven niggas. I'm not into Yo. none of that, bro. Yo. I'm not into none of that. You're not if gonna we keep it in a stack. You know what I mean? <laughs> we see that a lot. You see we that see that a lot. I'm working Yo. on myself. I'm here. I'm, and it's wor- not, I'm it's inner not even healing. Like, it's not even like seven new new types of niggas. 
It's seven niggas are the same nigga you say you trying to heal from. Facts, boy. Right, right, Same right. nigga, son. Same nigga you running away from is the nigga in your inbox, is the nigga you talking to every night. One of them is smashing. And you want to look at the nigga you really like or the nigga you want to fuck with and expect them to be patient. But then when that nigga decides to keep it pushing, now he's the fuck nigga. Yo, he's I'm nigga tired. You that, I'm tired of dating. I'm tired of dating hood niggas. But damn, I really like this hood nigga. I, I, you just a lost. And it's and it's that a be dangerous thing, bro. Because you fucking damn it. Son. You know this nigga is bad. You know little Pookie <laughs> is bad. You little know Pookie you heard stories about bags. little Pookie. Facts. You 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 see you dated little Pookie for three weeks before y'all got together, and within that three weeks. The nigga told you to hold his weed, hold his gun, mm. come on a ride with him, mm. come on a all ride with him. All types of shit. And we're not going to be, we don't want to be super stereotypical, but he got two baby mamas. And was arguing yeah. with one of them. I was arguing with one of them. And the about next fucking. One, about fucking. <laughs> he, she yeah. on the phone telling him, I know you fucking mad bitches. And he telling me, yo, 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 you don't got to worry about none of that. You know, I'm good. You know, everything's straight. Yo. Everything's straight, baby girl. Don't worry about it. And you Somebody sitting next life, to in the car. Somebody's life is getting triggered And you were sitting right next to this nigga right in the car. Right next to the in the car. In the car. <laughs> this whoever's, somebody's life. whoever's life is getting triggered right now in the name of all pookies, we apologize, but this is real talk. This is and real shit. And, and shut that baby you, up while, while you listen to the podcast. I know that baby loud we, as fuck We've seen right it, though. You sit, you sitting right next to this nigga, and it's like, yo, come on, baby. Yo, it ain't even like that. And then you get mad at the nigga. You're traumatized. So who the fuck was that? That's my baby mama. Relax, you know, relax. You know, you know what's crazy about it? Is that Tanisha, the girl sitting next to Pookie, is fucking with a Jonathan who she's telling that she's not ready to be in a relationship right now. Let's keep it pushing. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> that's real rap. That's real rap. <laughs> it's a fact. And Jonathan is doing everything right. Everything right. <laughs> I'm talking Jonathan works. Jonathan is an assistant manager at Target. Damn. And drives a 2018 Dodge Charger. Damn. And doing what he got to do. Went to college. John, and, and John heard she was sick one day and dropped Bought her off soup. some medicine and some food. Fact. At her job. Checks in on her. See how she doing. She's still in that and Jonathan not, hit, though. We're we not talking about the niggas that, that got curved already. We're talking about she told Jonathan she's feeling Jonathan. But she just don't want to commit to Jonathan because she's still entertaining fucking Pookie. Pookie. Right. right. Pookie from the block. And every time he asks her about Pookie, she says she don't fuck with that fuck nigga no more. I'm going to just leave it right there. <laughs> Speaking of who we do fuck with, Dave Chappelle will be back. On Netflix, uh, how are we feeling about that? With uh, all the he, shits, he did great numbers with the last uh, um, joint stand up he did. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Did y'all see him did, on Dave Letterman? Yeah, nah, I watched I it. it. I watched it. Was it was dope. That was a dope interview. It was a good one. Do you feel like the Chappelle Show will do well in 2020? No, I don't know. Yes and no. Might be a yes miss. and no. I think it will because it it plays into. He was ahead of his time. So it plays into what our stereotype of Chappelle show was what our stereotype of white people was. And I feel like Chappelle show at the time frame was way ahead of his, of his generation. But the skits he was doing at the time 
was painting the picture for some of the things that are happening right now. So I think it's going to make more sense now than it did I'm, back I'm, then. I'm a little concerned about cancel culture and them not understanding this type yep. of humor. Yeah. But in the same breath, I think that it really will depend on who's in office, unfortunately. Because with Biden, I feel like people will feel a little bit more relaxed. Like, the thing about the Obama administration, where some of these, like, more free-flowing conversations were able to be had, people felt like they were past racism to some extent. I feel like with Biden, they're not going to feel like they're past racism, but they're going to feel like racists won't be emboldened by things that they can take and be like, see... This is stereotypical. So I do, I feel like with Trump in office, people might watch it and still kind of feel some type of way because they might be seeing the shit happening real time every day, even though it does, uh, regardless of who's in, in office. But it's going to, that weight is going to be heavier. And if Biden is in office, people are going to feel a little bit more like the current administration at least uh, supports the idea of diversity and they might be a little bit more relaxed as seeing something so in their face. Plus, I think because it's Chappelle, I think people might bypass it a little bit because they yeah. know if you're really a Chappelle fan, you would know that his humor is dark humor and this is what he does. So I think there are going to be people who try to cancel it for the first time. Who, if they've never watched, like the new generation who's never really Yeah, these watched new 20-year-olds. Yeah, they, they might not know be what's familiar. Cooking. But for our generation... And and older, who's very familiar with the Chappelle show because we grew up on it. It it's it's we know that's how Chappelle is. So you know, we, I guess we'll see how it works. I'm kind of excited to kind of rewatch some of those episodes because as an adult, because I was a teenager when that shit came out. Facts. So as an adult, I would love I would love to see. To see it. It's gonna be probably even more humorous to be honest. Because I was like 14, 15, I think when that shit was yeah. was popping. I mean, when he left. That show in two thousand what five I think it was or two thousand seven I don't remember what year it was, but it was we were in we were still teenagers at the time frame and it sure. wasn't that funny to me back then I'll be honest with y'all it it really did not slap for me as because much as it, it wasn't as for relevant it wasn't as relevant then like he was really pushing the barrier back then mm-hmm. now I feel like it's going to make way more sense because we're one we're more mature of course and we'll get the humor of it. I exactly. think back then it it didn't affect us because those things weren't affecting us as teenagers. Now and we were, were more slapstick humor. I think you know that was South Park era, where niggas true. had oh. to be really ridiculous and extra with the jokes South in order Park, for them to slap. That is a fact. That is a fact. Um. So DJ chose dropped the record thick, and there's two remixes for it out. There's one with. Meg Thee Stallion, and there's one with Erica Banks, and people kind of putting the two of them against each other and saying which one was better. Uh, have y'all heard the drink? Nah. No. You might have heard is, it. You might not I know. I probably heard it, is, don't aren't familiar with who, who the record is for. Who the fuck is Erica Banks? Erica Banks is the chick that um, Meg Thee Stallion's old manager started to support. Oh, oh, yeah! Shit. I remember. I'm, we spoke, we spoke about, about her, her before. Back. Yeah, we yeah, we, we did. Um, yeah, okay. Mm. But the the song is like thick, thick, thick. 
She oh, she thick. Oh, that. Oh, I heard that record. I heard that record. And Meg Thee Stallion has a verse, and Erica Banks has a verse. I'm not gonna hold you. I I think what Meg did is is pretty. What I would consider, like Meg is at the point now where she's given that that industry verse to a newer artist, and that's how I see her verse. Her verses. She's talking about Tiger. She said, uh, I seen Tiger's dick because, you know, he released the shit um, on OnlyFans. And she's like, I'm trying to see what you're working with. Like little little tidbits like that. But I feel like Erica Banks came smoother on it. She sat, Her voice sits on that beat a little bit more. Um, however, I do agree with the idea of not putting those two artists against each other. I do feel like uh, Erica Banks' team is doing that on purpose because they feel like that's the way to elevate her stature quickly and getting her views up. Because every five minutes I hear about this chick is in comparison to Meg Thee Stallion. I don't know if that's necessarily the route niggas want to go. I can see why it wor- it's working for now, but at some point she's just going to have to have a standout record, and that's going to be it. So, Good point. Uh, I- I'll listen to it tonight, and then I'll, I'll be able to kind of get a more clear. Yeah, we could revisit it. For sure. Um, the Shade Room put out a post that basically said, media companies are not fan pages. They report the good and the bad. I guess somebody must have came at them regarding how they were posting about them and they had made that statement. How y'all feel about that? I think that's the truth. I agree. I think when it comes to the shade room, I think when it comes to the shade room, though, they, uh, there's three things going on. Some people are definitely paying to be on the shade room. We have to, we have to let that be. Acknowledge that, yeah. Yeah, some people are, it's not a paid ad that you see, but I, some people like 6ix9ine are paying to be placed on the shade room. That's mm-hmm. one. So when you get into that territory, it's like, I don't know. Second of all, they do pick and choose who they want to put in a positive light and who they don't. Correct. And when you're doing that, this is how we get in a situation where people don't trust the media because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you're looking out for your friends. But you're not really looking, you're not being unbiased. You're trying to get a hot take. Right. So when you position yourself as just a media company, that's not necessarily the truth because they kind of are biased in terms of who they fuck with and and who they don't. They don't just report all the good things and all the bad things of one person. They just report all the bad things that the person they know is going to get the rise. Like Tory Lanez, they they just post Tory Lanez because they know Mad negative comments is going to happen. That nigga right. Tory posting Lanez it. is 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 low key still winning. I'm I'm a little bit. He's he's still functioning. He definitely, yeah, he definitely is still functioning. Still, I'm a little bit surprised, to be honest. But, I'm I'm surprised, but not like I'm I'm surprised at the fact that uh it's it's so easy for him to just slide back into a regular routine. But I I'm blaming everything on Trump. In this episode, fuck it. <laughs> I feel like this is the climate that Trump has created where the president could say something like grab him by the pussy and still get elected. You know what I'm saying? Like fact. we're in we're in a climate where a nigga could shoot at a girl or be accused of it. And we still have to wait for all the details to come out. But in the midst of it, go right back into quarantine radio, having girls shake their ass for him. Shit like wild. that's the climate we're in. Yeah, shit is. Shit is not shit is not stable. Shit is very abnormal at this stage in the game. It's just like I don't know, man. It's not normal. 
So the last two things, Offset um, put up a, a video of Cardi cleaning up. That was which fucking con- hilarious. I thought that was mad funny myself. That was funny. But it was. <laughs> I think it is a lesson for a lot of these women. Um, these lyrics are entertainment. Yeah, these lyrics are entertainment. Don't go out here finna to talk about your WAP is going to get you into some situations where you just get money, 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 and no I don't cooking cook. or cleaning I is going clean. on. Well, let me tell you, I got this ring. Listen, I don't even fuck what you niggas is talking about. If, even if I'm rich, I don't care who the fuck I'm fucking with. Like, listen, we're still human. We You got to do basic things. Like, you're still going to clean up every now and again. You're still going to cook every now and again. Like, it goes both ways. Like, as a man, you're still going to clean up every now and again. And as a woman, you're still going to want to do certain things for your man. It's not... Listen, young ladies, I know these records are dope. There is nothing wrong with trying to please your man. There's nothing wrong with doing these basic things. And to the young men out there, there's nothing wrong with rubbing your woman's feet at night. There's nothing wrong with helping her Damn. clean. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with helping her cook, bro. Say that. We're all say that, human. Flo. You be sucking the toes, like, too? No. Yeah. I, I will oh, sure okay. rub some feet. I will right, rub bro. down some feet with some oil, but I ain't putting nobody's right. toes in my mouth. All right. Uh, rubbing, all right. rubbing feet. I don't know, man. Wait, wait, wait. Ask you not so rubbing your woman's up. feet? No, nah, wait, wait, wait. Y'all niggas gonna eat slightly musty pussy. But won't rub no fucking feet with distinguish you're out of this conversation, nigga. But for X, the what? Your ass is gonna tell me you're going you're fitting the slap him some some workout pussy, but you ain't finna rub some clean feet, my nigga? Yeah, my nigga. Aight, the pussy's still done. clean, but it's it got a little twang to it. Aight. I I I fuck with that. Listen. I can't do I don't want your nasty feet. On my lap <laughs> Yo, with the fucking toes wiggling, talking about rub my feet. Get the shits the fuck D-Flo, up out of here. He's gonna have a rough life when it comes to his <laughs> wife, bro. He listen, he saying all that seat, shit bro. now, boy. He gonna get them feet well manicured, well pedicured rather. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that nigga finna rub them feet. He gonna rub them bunions. That he gonna do disgusting. what he gotta do. You trying to make me throw up on this podcast? <laughs> so throw up then, nigga. <laughs> throw up then. Fuck out of here, nigga. Gone. Um, <laughs> so this Ti and Umi Sushi situation, y'all saw that shit? No, I did not. No. So Umi Sushi had a racist situation happen. This family went there. Homie was in some Nikes, so they told him that they couldn't seat him and they wasn't going to serve oh, him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I had, saw that. Because I saw he had that. Nikes on. He had Nikes on. Yeah, I, saw, um, I saw that one when the dude would ask him to leave the restaurant with white boy hat on the Adidas. Yeah, but somebody else had on sneakers. And so dude gets on IG Live after the national attention and says, you know, I'm really disappointed because T.I. went and talked to the owner and he didn't talk to the family. He didn't talk to me. And I don't understand, you know, like, why wouldn't you talk to the victims? Blah, 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 blah. He goes on a whole rant. Uh, people could look it up themselves. Um, and so T.I. pushed back and was like, my nigga, we reached out to you and we couldn't reach you. And if the owner hits me up and I know of this nigga, I'm going to have a conversation with him 
so that we can figure out what the next steps are. So, like, it's not a situation where we were just trying to be with the elite crowd and not deal with the actual people affected. Um, But, yeah, I don't know how y'all feel about it if you think Homie was right for calling T.I. out or if you think that he was looking for clout. I personally feel like he was looking for clout. I think he was looking for clout. Fuck out of here. Why wouldn't you want to talk to the restaurant so the restaurant doesn't do walkie shit like that ever again? And why would you have an issue? Why are you trying to make it about T.I.? You had a racist situation with a fuck a restaurant, and now you're trying to make it seem like T.I., who's actually assisting and made it public that he was trying to assist into a bad guy because he didn't have a conversation. Even if T.I. didn't try to have a conversation with him. Like, I, I, at some point it should have happened. But if that wasn't the case and he still was trying to rectify it, he doesn't owe you a conversation, I don't feel like. I agree. That's a fact. I agree. Uh, Definitely in agreement. Last thing before we go, as we said that this is a very special episode. This is the election episode. Ladies and gentlemen, please go out there and vote. This has been a very wacky four years. If it has not taught you any motherfucking thing, it needs to teach you how delicate a democracy is. A lot of us are spoiled by the fact that we have grown up in a stable government for most of our lives. But there are some of us who have not seen that, have never seen a stable government before, have seen wacky shit happen in government, and that's what's happening now. Mm -hmm. You don't have to like certain parties, but what you should be aware of and you should be fearful of is the instability of how the structure of government has been for centuries and is being undone in four years. That's all I'm saying when it comes to people saying that they don't vote or one party isn't or one person isn't different from the other. There is a difference. I think people say those things oftentimes to take off the responsibility of actually just going out and fulfilling the obligation to vote or to do the research, or to do the history. Because if you do these things, you actually see how certain things connect. I'll say it like this. We don't ever remember the policies of the niggas that don't win. And if you go back in history and you look at some of the candidates that were competing, you would say, thank God, XYZ won versus this other person. One, two, three. And because a lot of us don't go back in history and see what policies certain people were trying to put forth and then they lost their election either by a landslide or whatever the case is, we tend to lean into the the fact that, oh, nothing really matters. But look at who was on the ballot in some of these older elections. And I'm not talking about contemporary shit. I'm talking about 60s. I'm talking about 50s and how the progression of civil rights has happened and who allowed or who helped it to to flourish a little bit. And I'm talking about the people in power. Of course, there was people who fought for it. But the administrations, because the shit wasn't always easy and the shit wasn't always sweet. But there was definitely lesser of two evils, as people like to put it, in the history books. So I encourage people to go back there whenever they think about, like, it doesn't matter who you vote for. It does, to some extent. Um, any of you brothers got anything to say about voting before we wrap this shit up? I think I think at the end of the day, um, 
people need to understand is bigger than uh, Joe Biden, uh, Kamala Harris, uh, Trump and Pence. It's, it's bigger than that. It's uh, it's about your legacy. It's about the people that's going to be coming up after us. It's, it's, it's about, you know, the way that the world is going right now. Who's going to be in charge of making certain policies 10, 15, 25 years from now? It's more than just, quote unquote, the vote. It's the power that happens after the vote has been casted. That's what it's really about. It's it's really the aftermath. That's really what voting is about. It's like, what's going to happen after we cast our ballots and we put our um, we put our selections on paper to you know be counted? Because those people now that end up becoming elected or those people that end up remaining elected, they're going to be shaping your future. They're going to probably be responsible for the water you drink. They're going to be responsible for how you get your food imported to your country. They're going to be responsible for you know, why your jurisdiction has, you know, so many restrictions on certain things are going to be the reason why, you know, you probably can't have X amount of children. You know, they're probably going to be the reason why you can't get married to who you want to get married to. So really understand the dynamic of the extremity of what the situation is. Um, uh, situation is asking of you to be called for to do. So just remember to do your part, y'all. Just remember to do your part. Uh, like, like X said earlier, do your research. You know, don't just say, you know, I'm going to vote for this person because this person is fucking up. Now, you might you you might still want to vote for the person that's fucking up. That might be where you at, you know, and that's not OK for me. But, hey, that might be OK for you. I just want to say two quick things, bro. Um, first things first is not just the general elections tomorrow, guys. That's There's a, a fact. bunch of other people. There's a lot of Senate, House, local municipals. There's a lot of things being up on the ballot tomorrow. The Those down don't ballot. Yeah. Do your research on them niggas too. Facts. Don't just Google. go out there and vote for the presidential and the vice president. You know. Google, Google who Google. else is on the ballot and then Facts. Google them niggas. Facts. That's how you look them niggas That's up how you and look find them out what they up. stand so, for. Be conscious of that because the presidential election is one thing, but what a lot of the things Distinguished said just now, the local stuff, is what's also important because those are the ones who are voting in certain legis certain um certain um what's the word I want to use legislation um, legislation yeah. yeah certain certain legislation and certain certain things certain rights that everyday things that would ha- would hamper our for, everyday living for instance there was a time where the speed limit was thirty five there was a time Big think about that Big and then someone got voted in. And who promised it. they were going to change it to twenty five. Facts, as well as the street, as well as the street, the metering rules. A lot of these simple things that affect us on a daily basis. And the last thing is, don't take for granted. An ex said, or in, when he opened up his statement just now, don't take for granted that America has been mostly a stable government. Don't take that for granted. I know we see these things on TV and be like, oh, my God, it's so sad what's happening to Nigeria. Oh, my God, it's so sad what's happening to this country. That could be us. Easy. Don't get it fucked up. Don't take it for granted, people. It's extremely important. We're living, we live in a fairly stable country. That shit could get tossed upside down in the blink of an eye. And that's that. I, and I think that's important. I think a lot of people don't understand 
because, like you said, America has been so, so stable for so long, that don't mean shit. There's a lot of countries that stayed stable for quite some time and a nigga came through and fucked the whole shit up. Fucked the whole shit up, boy. Revolutions and happen. They happen. They've happened. Today. Today, <laughs> my nigga. <laughs> Rev- revolutions could happen. Like, and I'm not, I'm not advocating for it. I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm just saying don't take it for granted. That's all. Facts. Last thing I'm going to say on it is why do you think old people vote at a higher percentage rate than everybody else? It's because they've been around long enough to see that their vote actually does some form of change. And I think it does us a huge disservice to our elders when we make it seem as if we have the luxury to vote or not. Not solely because of them fighting for civil rights as black people, um, but also just the fact that if they take voting so seriously, you seeing 90-year-old niggas in walkers making sure to cast the ballot. If they taking it seriously, why do you think that is? There's got to be something to it. And, and I think because sometimes the arrogance of the youth, we, we tend to think that we are smarter than or we know a little bit more, we're more savvy than the elders. But there's a reason <laughs> why some of these laws favor certain types of people. And we'll leave it at that. Um, what would dad say? Dad would say that at some point, we have to take a stand on something. And I think this is for the folks that like to stay in the minutia of everything, just being whatever. Uh, and I would say that at some point you have to take a stand for something. It's not just politics. It's not just entertainment. And it's not just morals. They don't live in separate categories. We like to compartmentalize them like that. And at times, yeah, it's something is just entertainment. Dave Chappelle show is just entertainment. And uh, sometimes it is just politics. And there's nothing really for us to have a say or can really change about the political climate in that aspect of things. And, and so you can vote whatever way you want to. And then sometimes it is just morals and what you stand for and whether you'll do it or you won't. Your personal morals. But then there's times where all those things intersect. And you have to make a decision. Is the commander in chief that you are fucking with entertaining? And because he's entertaining and keeps it real and you find him funny, you think he's relatable and that's why you're voting for him. But you don't really your morals don't necessarily stand to his and your your politics don't necessarily stand towards his. But he seems like a cool guy. All of those things intersect at some point. You have to make a decision. 6ix9ine was entertaining for everybody for a long period of time. Until his life is now in shambles because he played with forces that were more than just in the realm of entertainment. His morality had to come into play. And he knew he wasn't about the life that he was claiming to. And now look what happened. So dad would say, make sure that you are taking into account everything. And it isn't all just separate lanes all the time. Sometimes they all come together. Really quick. 
Happy Black Solidarity Day. I ain't see no motherfucking body talk about it. I ain't see a post. I ain't see nothing. Uh, Carlos E. Russell is probably rolling over in his motherfucking grave. He de- deliberately made this day for this particular type of climate. Um, that hence why it's always the day right before elections. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you guys don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, we've already regurgitated the word Google several times on this beautiful platform. You better Google this shit because you should know what the fuck I'm talking about at this stage in the game. Um, tough not. In the words of Sean Michael Anderson, a.k.a. our beloved Big Sean, what happens when it all falls and the success is all gone? This has been another episode of Dad Hats and Bow Ties. Go out and vote. Bye.